Hey, this is Charles. And this is Pat. From Conversations Podcast, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives Podcast. And this is Pat. <laughs> <laughs> you said the whole thing. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. Take two. Hey, this is Charles. And this is Pat. From Conversations Podcast, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives. And this is Pat. Why aren't you at your post? <laughs> Cut, tread, check the gate, moving on. Welcome to episode 46 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we are recording this episode on Tuesday, March 10th, 2020. Uh, this actually is our one-year anniversary show, so thank you to all of the listeners out there who have been following us since the beginning. Uh, certainly thank you to all the listeners that have kind of joined us over the course of this past year. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to a lot more exciting content in the year ahead. So uh, with that being said, we are going to go ahead and dive right into our main topic for this week, which is Darth Maul, or uh, actually Maul, as as he is later called. So what a lot of uh, casual Star Wars fans may not realize if you've only seen the films, uh, at least leading up to Solo, a Star Wars story, was that uh, while it looked like Darth Maul had a pretty short-lived uh, arc within the Star Wars saga, in fact, he did survive being cut in half by Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, and we will get into that a little bit later in the show. Now, Maul's early childhood took place on a planet called Dathomir, and that planet was very strong in the dark side of the Force. Uh, and therefore, it was the home of a group of dark side witches known as the Night Sisters. It was a matriarchal society, and it was run by a woman known as Mother Talzin, who was actually Maul's mother. Uh, Maul was not his birth name. His actual birth name has been forgotten. But he did have two blood brothers known as Feral and Savage. Uh, and Savage actually plays into the story a little bit later on. Now, Mother Talzin was known for having an affiliation with Darth Sidious uh, at some point, likely when he was still an apprentice. And one of the things that the two of them did was to exchange dark side knowledge uh, to kind of help each other grow. So they had a bit of an alliance. And as a byproduct of that, Mother Talzin uh, was actually considered by Darth Sidious to become his first Sith apprentice uh, when he rose to the position of the Sith Master. Uh, but he ended up actually taking Maul as his apprentice instead, recognizing his power in the Force. And uh, one of the other things about Maul is that he kind of had an internal rage uh, that was very much appealing to Darth Sidious as well. So in the years that Maul was training under Darth Sidious, one of the kind of 
keystone things that occurred was that uh, Sidious took Maul to a planet called Malachor, which was the site of a Sith temple and super weapon. Uh, and it was the site of a, a huge battle that had taken place between a great number of Jedi and Sith. And one of the things that Darth Sidious had done with Maul was he had him breathe in the ashes of the fallen Sith. And as a byproduct of that, he had a number of very strong force visions where he was actually feeling the blows of the Jedi lightsabers, feeling those cut him. And as a result of that whole experience, he was imbued with this huge hatred of the Jedi, uh, which is really what leads to the scene where we first meet him uh, within the Phantom Menace on that balcony with uh, with Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious, uh, where he says this. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. You have been well trained, my young apprentice. They will be no match for you. Now, one of the things about that statement is the fact that it was very reflective of Maul and his impatience to confront the Jedi. This was an issue that Sidious had to deal with throughout Maul's training. Uh, he had him actually fight Rathars as uh, one means of his training. But Maul always had this desire to kind of test himself against a Jedi. So there is also a storyline uh, that takes place during his years as an apprentice where he is tracking down a Jedi Padawan who has been captured captured and going to be auctioned off. And he travels to the world of Nar Shaddaa, which is kind of a hut-controlled world uh, that is a, a haven for smugglers and uh, all other underworld types. And he enlists a group of bounty hunters, including Cad Bane and Aura Singh. Cad, we have talked about Aura Singh. Uh, we've also mentioned a little bit in earlier podcasts to help him track down the location of the auction where this Padawan was going to be auctioned off uh, because he essentially wanted that Padawan for himself so that he could fight uh, the Padawan and find out if he actually measured up to the Jedi. Ultimately, that mission was successful, and they did track down the Jedi Padawan, who was a Twi'lek female named Eldra Cadis. And in the process of escaping, uh, they were being chased by the, the group that was running the auction. Uh, they ended up crash landing, and Maul and Cadis led the, uh, the trackers away uh, and dispatched them. But ultimately, they ended up having a head-to-head -head battle between the two of them. Uh, and it was actually a fairly close match duel with Maul eventually coming out on top. So uh, he did return to Darsidious after that. Darsidious was displeased at the fact that he had nearly revealed himself to the Jedi uh, because certainly Darsidious wanted to do all of that on his own timeline. Uh, but he was pleased to hear that uh, Maul was still, uh, still had not had his hatred for the Jedi satiated uh, with that one duel. So it was uh, kind of a, a good and a bad thing for Darth Maul. Uh, but as we can see from that clip I played earlier, it is really reflective reflective of the fact that he was incredibly impatient to test himself against the Jedi. And uh, certainly, you know, with with the ferocity of his attacks, the acrobatic nature of them, uh, the fact that he had that dual-bladed lightsaber, and he really was a master of channeling his hatred and anger into his fighting style, which is certainly one of the things that was appealing to Darth Sidious about Maul. Now, we really won't go into the full story of The Phantom Menace because I think most people have already seen that, uh, but we are going to pick up at the point where Obi-Wan severs uh, Darth Maul in half, and you see him kind of go tumbling away down that reactor shaft. 
since this is really where most people think that his story ends. But in fact, what Maul does, uh, he is so full of hatred for Obi-Wan and the fact that he's been defeated. He channels that hatred uh, into some force ability to pull himself into an air vent. He ends up in a garbage chute, a trash container, uh, where he then gets later deposited onto the junkyard world called Lotho Minor. And he lives there for a series of years. I think it's about 12 years uh, where he basically uses the dark side of the force and his hatred to reconstruct a set of metal legs and actually forms himself into kind of the shape of a spider. So he's got six legs uh, and he has kind of this carapace that's hanging out behind him. And he survives on that planet for 12 years, slowly going insane due to his hatred of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this is the point that we pick up again with Savage Press, who I had mentioned earlier in the episode. He is one of the other sons of Mother Talzin, uh, that Death of Mary Witch we mentioned. And he actually was taken as an apprentice by uh, Count Dooku for a period of time. He was trained in the dark side of the force, eventually fell in disfavor with Dooku and was cast aside and returned home to the planet of Dathomir, at which point Mother Talzin informed him that she had sensed through the dark side of the force that uh, his brother Maul had survived his uh, his confrontation with the Jedi on the planet of Naboo and was uh, to be found somewhere in the outer rim. She gave Savajo Press a medallion that could be used to help him track down. It was infused with the dark side of the force to track down Darth Maul uh, or Maul in this case because he was no longer a Sith apprentice. He'd been cast aside himself by uh, by Lord Sidious. So this next clip really is kind of the culmination of that search for Maul with Savacho Press tracking him down on the world of Lotho Minor. No. 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 You are the brother I've been searching for! No! 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 Yes, we are! We are brothers! Uh, no! <laughs> you, you don't know. You don't know anything! Never! Never! <laughs> I know I am your blood! Never! Saying, 
Revenge. I must have revenge. So clearly the same hatred and lust for revenge against Obi-Wan Kenobi that had kept Maul alive uh, during his fall down the reactor shaft and for the 12 years that he was on Lothal Minor, uh, as well as his isolation really, is what had slowly driven him insane. And Savage basically was left with no choice but to take him back to the planet of Dathomir and present him to Mother Talzin in hopes that she could uh, could heal him both mentally as well as try to heal or at least replace what had been done to his legs while he was on the planet of Lotho Minor. So uh, there is a scene from uh, Clone Wars where this gets addressed and I'm gonna play that now. Savage. Mother. Shall we? What happened here? Where are the rest of the sisters? Dooku sent his minions to destroy us. But we will survive. We always have. You found him. I knew you would. Yes. He is damaged. He doesn't remember much of his old life. But he does remember something. Something or someone named Kenobi. It is an obsession. Come, let us fix what has been broken. Now, sleep. Now what? Now we begin. Amend of love and Roshan Abante. Amend of love and point Maul who had had his mind and his legs restored to him by Mother Talzin uh, although again those legs were uh, crafted from parts of battle droids that had been sent against the Night Sisters by Count Dooku uh, he and his brother Savage Opress essentially took to the galaxy in an attempt to try to get revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi for what he had done to Maul and so to draw Obi-Wan Kenobi away from the Jedi Council and force him to face Maul, uh, Maul and Savage Opress uh, went to a planet called Raidonia, and they started slaughtering civilians there, knowing that that would bring Obi-Wan Kenobi out to face him. Uh, Obi-Wan actually did end up facing Maul and Savage Opress, uh, and Maul was able to capture him by basically goading him, uh, talking about the death of Qui-Gon. Uh, Obi-Wan lost his focus, uh, kind of gave into his rage a little bit, and that was his downfall uh, in that particular battle. However, he was aided in escaping by uh, a character named Asajj Ventress, who I think we're going to do a 
whole separate episode on. Uh, she was another of the former Sith apprentices of Count Dooku who had fallen into disfavor. Uh, and so one of the things that uh, that we kind of see throughout the arc of the Clone Wars is that Asa- Asajj Ventress is a character who at various times is either a foe to Anakin and Obi-Wan, and at other times situationally, uh, she, especially later in the series, uh, was an ally to them in certain scenarios where they had a common enemy. So that was certainly the case here. Now, for a time after Obi-Wan's escape, there was a period where Savage and Maul traveled around the galaxy and kind of uh, looted and plundered uh, and gathered some wealth onto themselves. And eventually they made their way to the world of Florum, uh, which if you have listened to our Hondo Onaka episode early on in the podcast, we'll recognize that name as the planet where Hondo Onaka and his band of pirates were, uh, were headquartered. So what occurred there uh, was that Maul was able to bribe some of those pirates to ally with him, and uh, I've got a clip of that here. Get me a read out on that ship. There are life forms aboard. The main reactor and hyperdrive generator are down. I think they're stranded. <laughs> and their communications? Operational, but silenced. We'll kill anyone on board and take the ship. Let's hope they have a wealth of cargo. <clears throat> Pure Sansana spices. Ondo, be pleased. We drink tonight. Now find me those life forms. Jedi. To live. Yes, very lovely. <laughs> we will make you rich. Your skills and talents could serve us well. The choice is yours. You're, you're hiring us? What kind of Jedi are you? We are not Jedi. We are lords. Crime lords. We work for Ondo. You ought to pay us really well to get us to betray him. Money is of no object for men like us. You will have all that you desire and more if you pledge yourselves to me. Alright. I'm tired of working for Hondo anyway. I'll call up a couple of boys and see if they join us. Now, if there's one thing we know about Hondo Onaka, especially at this point within the Clone Wars, he was still very much um, kind of uh, on the on the edge of being what you would consider a bad guy. He certainly was not the type of uh, smuggler or pirate that we would uh, be accustomed to with like a Han Solo. Um, so he was very much uh, a difficult character to ally with. He would betray you on a whim. And uh, even his crew members, as you kind of heard in that clip, knew that he was going to be very... Uh, res- resistant or uh, very unlikely to join Maul and Savage Press. So uh, that then leads into this next clip. I am certain Captain Hondo will never throw in with you. Hondo's base will soon be ours, and he will not survive this unless he embraces the same choice I give you now. 
I'm in. So am I. I am not sure. Let's see what Hondo says about that. Three of your lieutenants have already sworn allegiance to me. Traitors. Scum! I'm so proud. But so betrayed. There is a penalty for resistance. Let me warn you. You are not the first laser sword-wielding maniac I've had to deal with. And Hondo Naka survives every time. We shall see. And of course, in typical uh, Sith fashion, the solution for Maul was very simple. Anyone who was not going to allow with him was going to be killed. Uh, he made that very clear in front of Hondo by killing one of his lieutenants who was hesitant to join. Uh, and of course, Hondo being the survivor eventually allied himself with Maul and Savage, although that was kind of a, a fluid situation and certainly they were foolish to think that that was ever going to last. Uh, but uh, Savage and Maul were able to do what they really had set out to do again, which was to lure Kenobi out to Florum uh, along with another Jedi uh, High Council member named Adigalia. And the two of them uh, took on Maul and Savage Opress in a duel. Uh, Adigalia was killed by the brothers, but uh, Savage Opress actually had his arm cut off by Obi-Wan uh, in classic Star Wars fashion, uh, since that seems to be the, the limb of choice when people are getting things lopped off. And um, Maul, essentially, in order to save his brother, uh, Force pushed Obi-Wan into a tunnel and there was a cave-in. So he was uh, he was spared once again from Maul and his revenge. Uh, at the same time, Hondo had kind of rallied his pirates to betray Maul and Savage Opress. Uh, when they realized that was happening, uh, they escaped in a ship and one of the members of Onaka's gang was able to shoot it down with a rocket launcher. And the assumption was, uh, at least Onaka's assumption at that point, was that Maul had been killed. Although Obi-Wan certainly, uh, having seen Maul cut in half and falling down that reactor shaft, was a little bit more leery of the fact that uh, the, the former Sith Lord would be done away with as easily as that. So that kind of then feeds into the next phase of what we see, um, which is the beginning of Maul's ties with the Mandalorians. Now, at the time that this story is all taking place, the important thing to know about Mandalore uh, and the Mandalorian people is that they were very much a pacifist society. Uh, they were ruled by Duchess Satine Kreis, who is someone that Obi-Wan had had kind of some romantic links to in the past, although he had never allowed them to interfere with his, uh, his oath to the Jedi, never actually let those come to fruition, but he certainly had feelings for her, uh, which is going to play a major role in, in what happens with Maul here. But the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, the Mandalorians obviously were very much a warlike society, and there was a subset of the Mandalorians known as the Death Watch who uh, were extremists. They uh, basically kind of reveled in that warrior heritage, and they, they were plotting to overthrow uh, Satine and uh, kind of that pacifist government. So into that whole scenario, you end up having Savage and Maul, who after their escape from Florum, uh, Maul had been injured. He'd actually lost a leg in that escape. Uh, obviously, Savage, as we mentioned before, had lost an arm, and their life pod uh, was found by uh, Previsla, who was 
was the leader of the Death Watch at this time, and noticing that they had lightsabers um, and understanding that they were not Jedi, uh, figured that, you know, once again, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and allowed them to, to live. Uh, and in talking with them, uh, basically came up with the idea that they were going to make both Satine pay as well as Obi-Wan uh, by trying to take over the planet of Mandalore. So, Your mark. The sign of Clan Vizsla. I am Pre-Vizsla. We are the Death Watch. Descendants of the true warrior faith all Mandalorians once knew. Now my people are living in exile because we will not abandon our heritage. Our people were warriors, strong, feared. Now they're ruled by the new Mandalorians who think that being a pacifist is a good thing. They've given away our honor and tradition for peace. Duchess Satine and her corrupt leadership are crushing our souls, destroying our identity. That is our struggle. If they are weak, why do you wait? The Duchess has powerful allies, including your Jedi friend, Kenobi. He is also responsible for our exile. Perhaps fortune brought us together. It is the will of the Force. We can help you reclaim Mandalore. And punish Kenobi for his trespasses. We allied ourselves with Sith before. Count Dooku, he betrayed us. Sith are no better than Jedi. They claim to be powerful, but we put these two back together after the Jedi gutted them. Doubt will only lead to failure. Hold! Our combined strength will be rewarded. Mandalore will be yours, and Kenobi, this Sith pretender Dooku, and all our enemies will fall. Check on your brother. We'll put it to a vote. Rest, apprentice. You're safe. Our crash was discovered by enemies of the Jedi, and we are in their care. Are we prisoners? No. Allies. They have much to offer, including their planet. They are strong, and unlike pirates, they possess honor. Another weakness. They know nothing of our intentions. Those revelations will come too late. That is really where we start the arc of Maul's story, where he starts to try to form what is known as the Shadow Collective. That ties in very much with the events of the story uh, that we see within Solo, A Star Wars Story, where he is running the Crimson Dawn operation at that time. And uh, once again, it's also going to tie in very closely to what we're seeing currently within Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Now, of course, in order for this plan to work, uh, it was very clear to Maul that uh, they were going to have to recruit an army in order to uh, enforce a siege on Mandalore. And so with that in mind, again, that is where he had the idea of convincing Pre Vizsla that they had to get Black Sun, which was a large criminal organization at the time, to join in. They did meet with the leaders of Black Sun, uh, a council of individuals who refused to join them. And in classic form, once again, uh, Maul had survived 
Lodge, throw his lightsaber and decapitate several members of the council, uh, which basically forced them to fall in line. Interesting to note here that uh, that council for the Black Sun was actually headquartered on Mustafar at the time. So yet another tie to a familiar planet for those of us who uh, may just be familiar with the films. Now that they had secured the loyalty of Black Sun as part of their Shadow Collective, Maul, Sauvageo Press, and the Death Watch returned back to Zanbar, which was a moon that was the base for Death Watch's operations. And it was also the home to another underworld organization known as the Pike Syndicate, uh, who then also joined the Shadow Collective to fall in line with Maul. They then traveled to the planet of Narshada, which is the homeworld of the Hut species, uh, in an attempt to get the Hut High Council to join their cause as well. And of course, the Huts being kind of a typical uh, underworld organization and very used to being in power for themselves, refused to join, and a battle ensued where they defeated all the Huts as well as their enforcers and bodyguards, uh, but not before finding out that the remaining Huts could be found at Jabba's palace on Tatooine. So now we have the story basically take a turn uh, where they head to Tatooine, they besiege Jabba's palace, and eventually Jabba is forced to give in and join the Shadow Collective as well. So at this point, Maul and the Death Watch had determined that they had the forces necessary to begin their attempt to take over Mandalore. And the real next issue that they had to face was the fact that uh, a, a straight out assault on Mandalore was not going to be something that was going to work. It was going to turn the people of Mandalore against the Death Watch. So they had to come up with a rather unique strategy, uh, one that put Maul at risk uh, in order to capture the planet. Where are my targets? We've identified them at these locations. However, as I've said before, if we try to take Mandalore by force, our people will turn against us. I will use my army of crime lords to attack different targets across Sindare and sow chaos to undermine the Duchess's rule. Our gangsters will make her look too weak to maintain control. Then you and your Death Watch will capture and arrest us, bringing order where Satine's weak government could not. We'll be saviors. Exactly. A good plan. Indeed. I'll prepare the troops. Now, with this plan in place, Maul had pretty much set up a scenario whereby uh, Death Watch could regain rule on Mandalore. They could imprison Satine, which was going to draw Obi-Wan out into the open again so that he would have another chance to get his revenge on Obi-Wan. Uh, but also, he, as I mentioned before, was putting himself at risk. And when the plan actually played out, uh, Maul's forces went out there. They sowed discord. It played out exactly as planned. Death Watch swooped in, drove away uh, uh, the crime syndicates that were harassing the people of Mandalore. But when the time came for them to uh, imprison Maul and Savage Press, uh, instead of it just being kind of a, a false imprisonment, the Death Watch took the opportunity to actually imprison Maul and Savage and uh, betrayed them in the process, thus declaring themselves as the rulers of Mandalore. So Savage and Maul uh, in prison basically came up with a plan uh, for how they were going to address that and how they were going to get their revenge against the members of Death Watch. And uh, this is the plan that they developed. Fizzler has captured the support of his people, just as we planned. However, he is not their anointed leader yet. 
There is still time for us to put in place a leader under our control. Then let us escape and we shall find one. Patience. We must move cautiously. By placing us in prison, Vizsler has unwittingly put us in reach of several candidates for his successor. Who do you mean, brother? Vizsler has imprisoned the Duchess here. Other political advisors of hers will be within these walls who will suit our purposes well. Hey, quiet, you two! Apprentice, I wish a tour of this facility. You are the now former Duchess Satine, are you not? What do you want, you monster? Mm, nothing yet, but I will have a use for you in time. Where are the other leaders of your people? You should know already. They've either sided with Vizsla, or have been killed. There's no one left now but Almac and I, but he's as corrupt and vile as you. Really? Hm. Thank you for being so cooperative. you from this prison? What was your position in this government? I'm the former Prime Minister. Sakin imprisoned me on charges of corruption and conspiracy for using the black market. He's a murderer. He caused the death of children. Wait. What do you want from me? Mandalore is in need of a Prime Minister. I thought you were in league with Pre Vizsla. We were. So now that Maul had a de facto ruler of Mandalore in place that the Mandalorians would accept, the next step in his plan was to confront Pre Vizsla, who was uh, sitting on the throne of Mandalore at this point. And his thought process was that Pre Vizsla was a soldier, and if he challenged him to single combat, then Pre Vizsla would have no choice but to accept. And Maul certainly felt like he could win that duel, the added benefit being that because of the Mandalorian way of life, especially as far as the death watch went that if he defeated pre Vizsla, then the soldiers underneath him would have no choice but to accept Maul as their leader and follow him. Uh, also of interest at this point was the fact that pre Vizsla was the holder of the Darksaber. So if you are a fan of the Mandalorian, you've seen the Darksaber. Uh, certainly if you've watched Clone Wars uh, or Star Wars Rebels to a small extent, you have seen uh, the Darksaber show up in those as well. So um, certainly a very kind of key piece of the lore in the Star Wars universe and uh, desirable, especially due to the fact that, that that particular weapon was typically held by the leader of the Mandalorian people. I challenge you one warrior to another, and only the strongest shall rule Mandalore. So be it. Give him his weapon. 
the strongest shall rule. I claim this sword, and my rightful place as leader of Death Watch. Never! No outsider will ever rule Mandalore. If you will not join me, you will all die. You're all traitors! Unfortunately for you, history will not see it that way. Execute them. So the end result was that while Maul ended up taking over Mandalore as the de facto ruler, uh, placing Almac kind of as the figurehead uh, in front of the people, but Maul was really the true power behind the throne. Uh, the other end result of his attack on the leader of Death Watch, Previsla, and his murder of him after their single combat was that it did split Death Watch in two. The female voice you heard there was Bo-Katan Kreis who was the sister of Duchess Satine Kreis, and uh, basically she refused to accept the rule of Maul, and she took a faction of Death Watch and escaped uh, the attempt that Maul had uh, initiated there with the remaining members of Death Watch that were loyal to him to execute them. So uh, the other thing that occurred shortly after the takeover of Mandalore by Maul uh, with Almec in place as his as his uh, puppet was that Duchess Satine Kreis had escaped her prison long enough to send a distress call to the uh, Republic. And because of Mandalore's neutrality in the Clone Wars, uh, Maul was sure that they were not going to be able to send an officially sanctioned rescue mission, which certainly would have been requested by Obi-Wan and that he was going to end up having to come alone if he wanted to save Satine. So uh, Maul was basically planning on that. He set a trap for Obi-Wan and captured Obi-Wan and had him brought to the throne room where he had Satine and basically was torturing her via a force choke because by this point he had determined that he did not want to kill Obi-Wan. He just wanted to make him suffer the way Maul himself had suffered after Obi-Wan had defeated him. You can kill me, but you will never destroy me. It takes strength to resist the dark side. Only the weak embrace it. It is more powerful than you know. And those who oppose it are more powerful than you'll ever be. I know where you're from. I've been to your village. I know the decision to join the dark side wasn't yours. The Night Sisters made it for you. Silence! You think you know me? It was I who languished for years, thinking of nothing but you. Nothing but this moment. And now, the perfect tool for my vengeance is in front of us. I never planned on killing you, but I will make you share my pain.
Let him drown in his misery. Not long after Obi-Wan was imprisoned by Maul and uh, Savage, he was actually freed by Bo-Katan, who, uh, as the last name indicated, was the sister of Satine. And she obviously uh, not only hated Maul for the fact that he had taken over the throne on her home planet, but also the fact that he was complicit in the death of her sisters. So she aided Obi-Wan in his escape. Uh, her and her forces, who were known as the Night Owls, then uh, fought the remaining Death Watch who were allied with Maul, uh, basically bringing civil war to Mandalore. And uh, during this period of time, uh, Sidious, Darth Sidious, who had started to recognize that uh, Maul was growing more and more powerful, knew he was alive, and decided that the time had come to intervene and put a stop to uh, Maul and his power growing within the galaxy, ended up showing up on Mandalore to confront both Maul and Savage, and that ended up in a duel that plays out as follows. Hmm, I sense a presence, a presence I haven't felt since master master i am most impressed to see you have survived your injuries I used your training, Master, and I have built all this in hopes of returning to your side. Hmm. How unfortunate that you are attempting to deceive me. Master? You have become a rival! <laughs> for you. <laughs> 
So after his defeat at the hands of Darcidius, Maul was taken by Sidious to the world of Stygian Prime, to a prison uh, fortress that was known as the Spire, and imprisoned there. He was tortured by both Darcidius and Count Dooku, who arrived a short time later, but eventually was freed from that prison by members of Death Watch, who had tracked Sidious's ship there uh, from the point that it had escaped from Mandalore. So uh, little uh, little did they know that the escape was allowed to occur by Darth Sidious. The expectation was that Maul would lead them back to Mother Talzin, who Sidious uh, also considered to be a rival and uh, had made a number of attempts to try to wipe her out. Uh, the attack by Count Dooku that we talked about earlier in this podcast uh, was one of those attempts. So Maul basically returned to Mandalore, uh, took up the Darksaber again, and resumed rule of that particular world. Um, one of the things that had occurred not long after he returned to Mandalore was that an army led by General Grievous uh, was uh, sent to attack the planet, and uh, he was instructed by Dooku to let Maul escape that particular battle again in hopes that he was going to contact Mother Talzin, which he in fact did, uh, but Mother Talzin, being a very shrewd uh, dark side witch, basically was able to determine that the entire escape from uh, the Spire uh, on Stygian Prime was something that had been manufactured by Darth Sidious to, uh, again, entrap her. And she instructed um, Maul, instead of going to Dathomir, to go to the world of Ord Mantel, uh, which we hear about within um, the events of Empire Strikes Back, which, uh, again, is another fun name drop there. Uh, but essentially, in that particular battle on Ord Mantel, uh, the forces of Black Sun, which is the organization that was stationed there, um, and Maul basically succeeded in capturing both General Grievous and Count Dooku. And um, that was kind of one of his major victories over the course of the Clone Wars. That victory, however, was short-lived. Uh, Maul was eventually routed by Jedi forces. Uh, he ended up having to flee back to the world of Dathomir, where, again, the Separatists, including Dooku and Grievous, were able to track him down. And a battle commenced where Mother Talzin was killed. Again, uh, the Death Watch members who were loyal to Maul saved him. Uh, Mother Talzin basically sacrificed herself so that he could live. And he ended up making his way back to Mandalore, which is really what sets the stage for what we're seeing currently within Season 7 of The Clone Wars. So I think at this point, this is a good point to stop for this episode. We're definitely going to do a part two on this uh, a little bit later once the Clone Wars season seven has resolved. I don't want to spoil any of the events of that for fans that may be watching and not aware of kind of how that's going to turn out. So uh, we're going to go ahead and put a halt to this right now and we will move on to the Holonet news of the week. And certainly the biggest news this week is something that just came out yesterday uh, regarding the death of Swedish actor Max von Sydow, who died at the age of 90. Uh, he was known to Star Wars fans for his role as Loris Anteco within The Force Awakens there at the beginning of the film. Uh, he also was known for the rest of his 70-year uh, acting career including two Oscar nominations and roles in films such as The Seventh Seal, uh, which was a film that he collaborated with Ingmar, Ingmar Bergman in, as well as The Exorcist, which uh, I think a lot of folks in my generation would have been familiar with. So uh, definitely a, a great actor, uh, seemed like a, a wonderful individual and someone who will be sorely missed. 
Now, the second item I have is something that we don't really have a ton of information about, but there was a data mining bot that had extracted some news uh, from the PlayStation Store about something called uh, upcoming... Uh, about an upcoming Star Wars game called Project Maverick. And uh, the thought is that this may be a flight simulator game. So that is something that I'm definitely uh, hopeful for. Uh, as I mentioned on the Thursday night show that I had done live on YouTube with uh, Scarif Podcast, one of the, where this was originally brought up, one of the things that really drew me into Star Wars gaming early on was games like X-Wing and TIE Fighter. And I've always enjoyed the flight simulator games. So very hopeful that that is in fact what this is going to turn out to be. And then finally, uh, the last piece of news that we have is that according to a social media post from Baz Iodine, who's a cinematographer who is working on The Mandalorian, it has been reported that The Mandalorian Season 2 has completed. So uh, we're still waiting on an official release from Lucasfilm on that, but good to know that that is in the books. I'm sure there'll be some, uh, some special effects work and possibly some reshoots that need to be done, but it looks like Season 2 of The Mandalorian is a wrap. So very excited to see that when it makes it onto Disney+. Plus. Super excited for the other Disney+. Plus Star Wars content that is yet to be coming out. Uh, hoping we hear some more information on the Cassie and Andor series because I'm super excited about that. Uh, but that is going to wrap it for the Holonet News for the week. Again, thank you to all of you who have been listeners over the course of this first year, uh, whether you have been there since the beginning or whether you've just joined a few weeks ago. Hopefully you're finding the show entertaining. Uh, please reach out to us if you have any thoughts, any feedback, any ideas for future shows. Uh, we have uh, several means where you can get a hold of us, certainly on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest at JTA Podcast. We have an email. Uh, JTA podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find all our episodes on our site, jtapodcast.com. And we also have a voicemail. So if you would prefer to call in and leave your thoughts, comments, whatever, and you'd like those to be potentially played on the air, you can get a hold of us via our voicemail at 201 746 5827. That's 201 746 JTAP. So again, thank you guys. Hope you have a great week. And may the force be with you.